Blog Talk Radio. morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Najee E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at Yield to the King Ministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled Christian Apologetics Defending Our Faith. The promotional material lays a good foundation, and I always like to read it before we start the actual content of this podcast for today, this episode for today. The promo material says apologetics is a big word, it basically means to offer an apology. Well, you might ask, why are we apologizing for our belief in Christ Jesus? We're not. Apologetics is developing and using a defense or being able to give an explanation to others. God's word is always under attack, both intentionally and unintentionally. And as believers in Christ, we claim the Bible is the absolute authoritative guide in our lives. Now then, How do we defend our faith, the Bible, or our belief in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? We know that in Christ Jesus, there is hope. So apologetics is speaking in defense. In today's episode, we're going to consider a more focused definition, the religious discipline of defending religious doctrines through systematic argumentation and discourse. Wow, I know, that sounds really scholarly, right? Well, more simply put, it's giving a verbal or written defense as to why should anyone place their faith in Jesus Christ. Christian apologetics is both the science and art of answering this question by using reasons and evidence. So in other words, we're not concerned today with secular apologetics, but rather the defense of Christian truth that is revealed in the Old and New Testaments. You know, early Christian writers who defended their belief against critics, you know, the cynics, the ones who didn't want to believe, and those that they recommended their faith to, which would have been considered outsiders possibly of the circle that they were traveling in, They were called Christian apologists, hence their writings were apologetic writings. So what are the classic components of the apologetics outline? They are truth exists, God exists, miracles are possible, the New Testament is historically reliable, and Jesus has risen from the dead. Let me give you an example a verbal Christian apologetics first appear in the New Testament. This is the account of the Apostle Paul preaching on Mars Hills, and this account is found and recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 22 
through 31. So that's Acts 17, 22 through 31. New American Standard Bible. So Paul stood in the midst of Aragopas and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, they would, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Verse 29 says, being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art of art and thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Verse 31 says, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. There you have it. That was the Christian apologetics in the New Testament, the account written and spoken by uh, the Apostle Paul, preaching, not written by the Apostle Paul, but preached by the Apostle Paul on Mars Hill. So, okay, now I want to go back to the focused definition of apologetics that I started out with. The very sound of systematic argumentation and discourse can cause people to run in the opposite direction, saying, possibly, I'm not a biblical scholar, or all I just want to do is enjoy reading my Bible during my quiet time. And maybe you've heard this statement, I don't know how to study the Bible. So with those questions in mind, there is a need for us to further our explanation and our exploration of Christian apologetics. The term apologetics is often misunderstood and brings to mind the times when we wronged a friend or loved one and found it necessary, necessary to return to him or her saying, I'm sorry. The word apologetics is within the family of related words, apology, apologize, etc., Apology is derived from the Greek apologia, a word which is widely and commonly used in ordinary conversation. So think in terms of a defense attorney. What does he or she do? They present evidence to defend the accused. They make a case and cause and advocate for their client. Apologetics is a defense for the case of Christ. Evidence is presented. When we believe in the case and cause of Christ, we're resting on biblical truth. A true foundation gives us the strength we need 
to stand the raging storms of sin and destruction of the word of God. We want to be able to stand in the midst of turmoil, chaos, attack, and destruction. Sounds like today's times, right? Apologetics starts with a firm foundation. So listen to these scriptures, this passage that I'm getting ready to read that depicts on what type of foundation we must build our house. The strength of a foundation, as we all know, determines the ability of a house to withstand heavy rain, storm, strong winds, storms, earthquakes, and we can name many, many more uh, natural disasters. But this passage is found in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 24 through 27. Again, it's the New American Standard Bible. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And verse 27 says, the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So I'm going to share with you another account of Paul defending his faith before the Jews. And so we just read that a strong foundation is going to allow us to stand firmly on what we know and we're going to be able to give an account for the faith and trust that we have in Christ Jesus. So here's an account of Paul defending his faith before the Jews. It's found in Acts chapter 22, and we're going to look at verses 1 through uh, 7. Uh, maybe I'll read through 10. It depends, but it's the New American Standard Bible. So here's Paul. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense, which I now offer to you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialogue, dialect, excuse me, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up to, in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you all are today. I persecuted this way to the death binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify. From them, I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus in order to bring even those who were, uh, who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. But it happened that as I was on my way approaching Damascus about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. Verse 9 says, and those who were with me saw the light to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, get up and go on into Damascus, and there you will be told of all that has been appointed for you to do. You see, the importance of 
apologetics should be taken seriously. The study of apologetics and the development of the ability to rightly defend Christian truth is the responsibility of every believer. From the oldest to the youngest, the richest to the poorest, even the ones who consider themselves geniuses to the one who just may be considered a simple-minded person, everyone has placed, everyone who has placed their trust in Christ for salvation is under obligation to study apologetics. Yet many of us fail to take this responsibility to heart. We cannot build our defense on mere human wisdom, reasoning, supposition, opinions, or imagination. We must become familiar with the word of God, the Bible, know and memorize scripture. The Bible is often accused of being full of error, but we know the word of God is truth and without error. It's the very truth on which our foundation is built. In 2 Timothy, it says in, verse, in chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17 says, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Again, apologetics outlines that truth exists, God exists, miracles are possible, the New Testament is historically reliable, and Jesus has risen from the dead. When given the chance, how would you and I communicate that? This is not a stress test for us today. It's just food for thought. I'm just putting it out there to think about it. There's comfort in knowing the Holy Spirit will place on our hearts what to say and how to say it. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 through 20, it says, But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given you in that hour what to say. Verse 20 says, For it is not you who speak, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Apologetics will also make our evangelism more effective. We can freely and readily talk about Christianity, being followers of Christ, with our family, friends, and neighbors. We can give answers to their questions and defend our faith, and we don't have to fear that person who presents with a high intelligence, that person who is an unbeliever with a high intelligence. Okay, so the word apologetics is not new. The concept of apologetics, defending the faith, is not new. It first appeared in the Bible in this passage. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. I'm going to read you the English Standard Version. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense, and here's that word, apologia, to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Within that one verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, Christian apologetics is summarized nicely in two parts. A, objective reasons and evidence that Christianity is true, and B, the communication of that truth to the world. So in closing, again, the classic apologetics outline will present truth exists, God exists, miracles are possible, the New Testament is historically reliable, and Jesus has risen from the dead. Our Christian belief system is founded on those truths. So let's communicate to our audience 
a message they can understand. Remember, all we want to do is answer questions for those who are seeking and searching by giving a verbal and or written defense as to why they or anyone should place their faith in Jesus Christ. And with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.